Yo. What up? What up? What up, man? Dude. Episode oh, man. seven zero. Seven zero, man. Whew. We getting old. We we getting old, man. We we a veteran podcast now, man. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Yo, everybody, welcome back. Another week. Carbon Footprint Podcast. Episode 70. He is Juan and I'm Sean. And every week we get together, have a couple drinks, talk about things going on in the world, try to focus on things uh making an impact, whether they be good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, we got something delicious for y'all today. What we got? We do, man. Listen, we we pull side. I don't know what we calling this. Me neither. But uh, we taking it back to the roots here. We we this a drink for all the brown folk. We got, we got the we got the Bacardi Superior. You know the the, the Bacardi. Everybody has Bacardi at the house. If you have yep. to. Uh, so we did a shot of Bacardi, a shot of the Malibu, which is also uh, brown folk approved. Yep. The, and the, then, the coconut rum. <laughs> the coconut rum. And then we have, uh, and then we did well, squeezed in a lime and then pineapple juice, man. The, the, the pineapple juice in a can, it's got to be the one in the can. The real sh- shit. Shake it up, the real shit, and then pour it in. Don't, don't give me no libbies, all right? Give me the real. <laughs> I almost the bought the libbies. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I almost did. Then I was like, no, 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 I got to get a good can. We, we might have to do a, uh, one with the libbies, one just to see if it tastes the same. But the pineapple juice in the can is amazing. I don't even know which Dude, and the, the, the lime. So I had this, I had this drink this weekend. And I was like, oh, man, that's really good. And then today I bought the lime, and that makes a difference. So if you guys are used to it or you, you had this before but without the lime, definitely hit it with the lime. Um, it does make a difference. Yeah, it gives that little tangy, tropical, just an extra little hit of it, man. I like it, man. I'm, I'm a lime fan. Anyways, I throw limes on everything. On oh, everything. That works for me. Next man. time it's get, delicious. get a rosemary in there. It's a good little chill. And you, you can, we can make a bunch of them and just keep sipping this. It's nice, man. It's a nice little... Little beverage. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Let me start it off with uh, my carbon footprint of the week goes out to Woody Faircloth. Um, this guy runs a, a nonprofit. It's called EmergencyRV.org. Okay. Um, and what they do is they provide RVs. So they basically hook up uh, people that are willing to donate their RVs with folks that actually need them. And so what they've been concentrating on recently is places that have natural disasters. And most recently, um, we've had those big uh, fires in California. So this this gentleman lives in Denver, Colorado. He has a regular job. This is not his like his normal job. This is that his, his sort of his, his uh, give back to the world, if you will. Okay. And so he teams up with his the young daughter, man, and and they've given out ninety five motorhomes. So, dude, so he started out with um, they. He got inspired because there was a guy in California whose house got burned, but he escaped with his RV. And the guy was on the news, and he was just like, "Man, I'm just so grateful to have this RV. Like, I still have a home to come yeah, home to." Not right? homeless, basically. From, yeah. Right, exactly. So he got the idea from that, and what he did was he did this GoFundMe. And and he got enough money to get an RV. And then when he presented the RV to the person, he's like him and his young daughter drove from from Denver to California to kind of give this away to someone. It caught wind. The news got a hold of it. And uh, they were on social media and stuff. And so they started to get donations. People wanted to, to they thought it was an, uh, an awesome cause. And folks were like, yeah, I got an old RV, man. You can have it. And so they started doing this, so it's sort of like getting people to donate their RVs, and he's given 95 away to people that have whose houses would just burn to the ground. Wow, man. How cool is that, dude? Yeah, dude. And so, and yeah, we said, always talk about this all the time, these little ideas, the little, little things, gestures bro. that spark these massive like ideas that, that change people's lives, man. Yeah. And he's got, you still have like 100 families still like on like a waiting list. But, you know, the guy's getting donations. And, and, and so if anybody wants to sort of give to this organization, um, emergencyrv.org. Um, the guys take donations. They take donations of, of obviously, monetary. And, and also, have, if you have an RV that... You got an old RV parked at your house you ain't yeah. using, man? And I'm assuming he'll take pop-ups, like pool RVs, like the, the kind that you pull, the kind that drive themselves, whatever. I would take. imagine so. I don't, I don't know what the... I'm sure the, I'm sure the website probably outlines... Um, you know what they actually take but man i was just like man this is here's a guy that he's not making anything from this like the guy actually has a day job and this is what he does in his spare time with his daughter and his daughter is very young I think she's like nine years old um like she loves it and she's just like oh man like god and santa claus would would want us to do this 
Wow. That kind of shit, man. So really cool. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's it's some... You just never know, man. It always it, it always like impresses me of these little things that spark either an idea in somebody or just turn into something way bigger than anyone ever imagined, man. Like yeah. that, like that's that's dope, man. That's crazy. Shout out to him, man. Hit up his website, man. Donate. Emergencyrv.org. Hit him up, man. That's dope, man. I got, dude. I got a uh, my carbon footprint this week, man. Was uh, it's a mixture, man. It's a, it's. A, I, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, uh, but I, it's Alex. Oshmayensky. I'm, I'm gonna go Oshmayensky. O S H. That sounds pretty good, man. M Y A N S K Y. Yeah, Oshmay. I'm like, eh, I don't know, some kind of Russian. I'm gonna guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, or Polish. Or Polish. Something. Something with a lot of consonants. This guy's <laughs> actually there's some vowels in there. Never mind. Um. Anyway, so Alex Oshmayensky and um and Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Shark Tank. Mark Cuban, uh, uh super billionaire. Um. So they're starting this company. That it, the the aim of this company is to make uh, it's to basically disrupt the prescription drug industry. Ooh, I like this already. And yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is that like, so Oshmiansky was driven by like uh, I guess sort of anger. So oh, this dude is super intelligent, bro. Talking like college graduate at like sixteen, went to like Duke Medical, uh, has like multiple degrees. I think one from Oxford. I'm just super intelligent, educated guy. Worked in the corporate world for a long time. Did you say he was driven by anger? Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to get there. He, uh, dude, which is kind of interesting, man. So he was doing a, uh, working with a pulmonologist at John Hopkins University. Okay. And during- and, well, Hold on. What, did the, what, what does that doctor do? Uh, lungs. Okay. So they're lung specialists. So he had patients in need of a drug called Bozentan. Bozentan treats pulmonary arterial hypertension, um- and so the need for these two patients while he was there was like urgent. Like these guys needed this pill and a single course of the treatment can run $10,000, but neither patient could afford it. So they applied for like assistance, but while they were waiting for approval, they both died and the drug would have just been life-saving for these guys. Right? So he said that drove him to like that, he said he was angry and upset about that. He just couldn't shake it from his system. So he started drawing up this guy who was super intelligent, had already started companies. He started this business that uh, one of them, it's funny, man, it's like ahead of its time. He invented these like door handles for hospitals and stuff that automatically dispense hand sanitizers when you open them and stuff like that. Like, uh, so he, he started companies, he sold them. He's, you know, again, super intelligent, medical degree, has a PhD and an MD, just intelligent guy. Then he starts going down a rabbit hole of the pharmaceutical system and he realizes that even with his intelligence, like he couldn't figure out a way to circumvent the system like the system is broken because so many people are incentivized and there's too many middlemen right and so like you know like to, to give an example so he's like you know if this company makes a drug then they have salespeople, right who who are incentivized obviously to sell this drug but that they, they're they're selling it to the sales guy at this say uh, uh, dollar value now that guy has to sell it to this other you know, hospital, whatever, for another dollar value so that he can make money. And now the hospital has to make money or the doctor has to make money, right? So it's like, there's like three or four people down the line making money. Then there's these exclusivity deals where everyone has to go get it from this person here. So then they, you essentially have a monopoly on the drug and you control the price, but the, the people are all trying to maximize their profit from it because they're getting like, whether it's commission and all this stuff. And, and, and so he goes on his rabbit hole, but he's like, every time I think I have it figured out, you find out this other player that's involved. And so like, there's like negotiators on behalf of the pharmaceutical companies that you have to go through. You can't go from, from uh manufacturer directly to the source. You have to use these people in between and these people negotiate the prices and they negotiate them part of the insurance companies, like insurance companies then negotiate, like obviously rates for cross. Like, layers, 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 layers on layers, on layers, on layers. And he's like, yo, this shit's expensive because everybody's getting paid right and it's designed for you to fail and so a lot of people have tried what they're trying so they're trying to figure out a way to buy and or make generic drugs um with the exact same active ingredients and then just sell them directly to to pharmacies so they're like nope we're gonna go from us straight to the pharmacy and they're gonna like dictate a price so give it to the pharmacy at that and then the pharmacy kind of resells so you skip out all these middlemen right that are doing that it says People have tried this in the past, but their pockets weren't deep enough to beat because the pharmaceutical companies are willing to shell out a lot of dough to make you go away. Um, what he's hoping was, so I guess he he sent an email to Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban says he gets hundreds of these a day and he ignores most of them. And this one caught his eye. And Mark Cuban's like, yeah, fuck these guys. I want in. 
and was intrigued, obviously, because this guy's smart. And then kind of, you know, typical Mark Cuban fashion was like, no, 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 you're not thinking. He goes like, not only am I interested, you're thinking too small. Like, you know, this guy wanted to start off with like this. He's like, no, 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 let's do like, you know, like let's do X amount. It's like hundreds of them or whatever. Like we can do that and we can do that within two years or whatever it was. And then Mark's like, I got enough money. We can throw money at this. And the cool thing is, and the reason I'm giving these guys props is that the way they're designing it and they wouldn't give, they use this drug. I can't find the name of the drug here, but they're, they're using, the, they have a first one and it's kind of like the pilot drug. And this drug is used to treat hookworm. Okay. And it's that's like a weird, I didn't realize this was even a thing, but that's something weird that a lot of people here in rural America and poor rural uh, places uh, get these like hookworm things. And usually the pill to treat this, it's you need two pills. So it's two courses and it's almost like 100% makes it go away. Like it's the best treatment for it, but it's 225 per pill. So $2, $225 per pill for the, hookworm? Mind you, for the hookworm. And mind you, they're saying that people who get this, it's usually poor rural. So, so they named this county in Alabama right. that's notorious for getting a lot of cases of this. Cause I, I don't know if it's the animals or being out in the wild or whatever. Right. Anyway. So they, they have the drug and they're using it and they're piloting it. And he wouldn't say how much he paid for the drug, but essentially they're the way they're going to run their business. The plan is they make 15% markup. So whatever the costs are, they mark it up 15% margin. And then that margin is what they sell it to for, let's say a Walgreens. And then they're like, okay, so let's say they're like, we're going to sell them that pill for $15. The Walgreens allowed and then go sell it for 20. So Walgreens is making a decent markup, right? Cause you, you know, so, so from $15 they're paying for it, they get to sell it for 20. So now that pill, so that's the first one they're trying. They're like, yeah, so that one's we're selling it for fifteen. Walgreens sells it for twenty. It used to be two twenty five for two. Uh so four hundred and fifty dollars for the two courses. Sorry. So two twenty five each. Now for forty bucks, you get both pills and you like and you're, you're out. Good. Yeah, it's ten percent of the cost. And they're like, we can do this at an even cheaper cost across the board for some drug. This is just the one that they're like kind of piloting. The resistance they're running into is like these agreements and they're going to get sued eventually because certain generic companies uh, have agreements that are not allowed to sell to other people, other distributors. And so they're trying to basically come out now and go like, all right, so we'll just manufacture our own. And the the instances where we can't do that, we're just going to hire teams and just manufacture our own. And then their whole thing is we're going to make it, manufacture it, and 15% across the board on everything we make. So even if the drug does end up being like $50 to go all the way through, we're just going to mark it up 15% and then we'll sell it from there. Um, And his thing, and Mark Cuban goes, I don't want a dime from this. I just want to fuck the insurance companies and I want to fuck pharmaceutical companies because he goes like everybody's worried about healthcare and all this other stuff. And he goes like, this is the part that I can contribute to. Like, I, I don't know about all this other stuff, but I do know that prescription drugs are an issue and I can disrupt that. I have enough money and power to disrupt that industry and obviously employ people and do that whole yep. nine. So I'm like, and how many folks are even from the United States go up to like Canada to go get yeah. the, to go get He actually the brings that up where they go to Mexico. Yep. And so he's like, so we can just go to Mexico and grab it. You know, like even in some cases, like why not just buy from those guys or, you know, things like that where he goes like, he was meeting people who were getting like their diabetes medicine from Mexico and they would have a family member um, who lived there, mail it or they would go and smuggle it. They would have to go take a trip there. They're like, it was right. cheaper for them to take a trip to Mexico and buy the drugs every couple months than for them to just like get it here because it was so astronomically expensive. Dude, at at what point do you know is it our responsibility and just as a society to fix this shit for humanity? Like why? Like it's always about it's always about the dollar, man. It is, man. And uh, you know, un- unfortunately, and. So you said he started out with the one drug, but with the one drug. But you said that he was pissed off about the 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 sort of the, the lung drug. Yeah, he was pissed off about that. Then he said he was pissed off about the I don't know if you remember the Martin Screlly guy who they called him Pharma Bro who 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 no. ramped up the um God, I can't think of the name of the drug. I thought it was a drug for um Man, I'm gonna get it wrong. It's not HIV. It, it, anyway, there, there was this guy on the news a couple years ago, I think it was Martin Screlly. He um they, like they nicknamed him Pharma Bro. He raised the price to his drug something like fifteen thousand percent or something like that, like overnight. Like it was basically like the drug was like forty five dollars, and then one day he just goes, it's seven fifty now, seven hundred fifty bucks a pop now per pill or something stupid like that. And and his thing was like I can get away with it. So like and and I guess the way he justified it was well the insurance company's gonna pay it so who cares and if you're a person who can't afford it like oh yeah you just go through this we'll just give it to you at a discounted rate like the 40 bucks but if I'm billing insurance companies then I'm just gonna bill them at the 750 which I get like his logic is like well fuck it I'm gonna go through all these channels then I might as well raise this price because you just basically made it that I can make an unlimited amount of money from this right. because I can bill back insurance companies but 
what that does is because it forces the price up for then people who are paying for insurance and then of other drugs and because they're going to recoup that cost somehow. Right. So, and then people, and it was just like this, 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 uh, like study on greed where someone was like, yo, this guy has a monopoly on that drug. No one was allowed to make it or manufacture, you know, manufacture it, even a generic. And he was basically like, like, what are you going to do? Go somewhere else? Like you need this. You couldn't, you're going to have to take it and you're gonna have to pay that money. Um, and so he says like this was around that time and then that and then I guess seeing that firsthand at, at John Hopkins with those two people who go had they had that drug, they would have been fine. This would have been like a routine thing like, oh, yeah, take this and then you're good. And he's like and watching people die because they couldn't afford it. He's like was just something that like stuck with him. Like he's like, you know, I wonder from the pharmaceutical company's standpoint, because they have the resources, right? Like how do you combat that? Do you. You know, do, do they just go, do they flood the market with really cheap drugs until they sort of put put uh, you out of business, put you out of business? And then they go, OK, now we got it back. Um, you know, do they do something else uh, with regards to like politics to where they make it just really difficult, difficult for you to operate? The, the barrier of entry, they make it so difficult right. for you to operate as a, as a drug manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. You, they're not going to go down. Like, no, quietly. they're not going to go down yeah. quietly. Exactly. I mean, like Mark Cuban said, I mean, he does have he does have the money to 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 kind of exist for at least quite some time. Yeah. But man, that's that that'll be interesting to follow. We got to follow tough that, fight. Yeah, I definitely want to follow because I want to see how much he does disrupt if he does, because Mark Cuban's got deep pockets, but you're going up against multiple multi-billion dollar entities and people. Yeah. So, you know, you're going up against the Pfizer's of the world. You're going up against, you know, uh, Johnson & Johnson and everybody else who makes any kind of job. I mean, yeah. you're going up against the, the, the bigs of the bigs and they're like, yeah, they've all have the disposable income you have too. And they've been, they've shown in the past that they're willing to pay a lot of money to make people go away. Yeah. So, yeah, to your point, do they just flood it? And then push you out. Because yeah, even I mean, but maybe yeah. he goes great. Now we're all in this like together, and I have enough. Like if I'm breaking even, I'm good. Like yeah, maybe does it, does it become like a not profit non profit organization to him? And he just goes cool. If I can break even of this, cover my operating costs, that works for me. That's a win. And Mark Cuban is one of those type of guys that he's he is in the in the public light. And he's not afraid to say what's on oh, his mind. Oh, no, talk, yeah. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll say exactly what's, what's he's happening. He's not going away <laughs> quietly, <laughs> Not dude. quietly, anyway. Hell no. Dude, I, I started thinking, we talked a little, a, a little bit about this last week, where, like, I think I told you a story about what I paid for, like, these drugs on Amazon. Like, oh, these allergy pills. I was thinking yeah. Amazon Basics yep. when you started this shit. Yeah, and I think, did I mention that on the podcast? I can't remember if it was off air or on air, but I basically I'm not sure paid, like, I do remember you long story short, I guess, just in case I did this before, I, I bought, like, generic Zyrtec for, like, I paid eleven dollars for three hundred pills. I would normally pay, uh, uh, you know, twenty something, twenty two bucks for like thirty pills or something yeah. like that, right? And I'm like, damn, Amazon has the power to disrupt. Like, if you can do that with over the counter shit, I guess how much longer before Amazon's involved at the pharmaceutical level? And then who has more data than Amazon? To make uh, decisions about what drugs to carry, which ones to manufacture more of, which ones are going to be profitable, like, like Amazon can also even like see it coming, be right because they're going to go, all right, who based on your purchasing patterns, who's a couch potato? All right, you're going to have a heart attack in a few years. We see your, you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, who's the one ordering chips? And then let's look at their Amazon Prime hours or right. use. They're using Fire TV to watch Netflix. Ooh, that, that shit's on seven hours a day, and they order a lot of junk food. Like, let's go throw some hypertension ads at this guy, <laughs> and then man, you, you know what? Like, is anyone's ever gonna so pull true, that off? Bro. It's so true, dude. So true. Dude, Amazon's gonna be the one eventually that they're gonna have so much data where they're gonna dominate healthcare, dude. Not for nothing. So I had to, I had to buy like a black shirt, like just a regular black button-down, long-sleeve collar, right shirt. Um, went to a couple of places that they were, they were sort of out of shirts of you know of what I needed. Um, ordered a, a, like a Van Heusen shirt online. Um, didn't either didn't fit right or the color wasn't the right. Whatever, bro. Amazon Basic. Yep. It was the right color, the right fit, and I seen the, the I saw the the tag in the back, and it's Amazon Basic. And and if it didn't fit, you send it back you and send, send you a new one in between. Yep. Bro, it's they're, they're gonna they're gonna rule the world, bro. Just sit here and wait, Jeff. You can have it all. He like. I think we were talking Take little, me to space Dude How long before you make General physicians obsolete If you're a company like Amazon Well I mean They're kind of already Not not Amazon But right It's already a little bit happening Where, where like 
doctors are seeing you, you virtually, know, virtually, right? And and especially with COVID going on, there's a lot of doctors that are going like, don't come, to, like you're not vaccinated, they'll come to the they'll office. Come to the office. But then, uh, like, how much longer before that turns into? Oh, like, yeah, you're gonna have to go specialize in something like you're gonna have to go be a surgeon or be a pulmonologist or whatever, because because we go based on the data and your age, race, you know, sex, blah, 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 where you live, you probably have X. Take this. And it's just like a computer algorithm that diagnoses you based on your your symptoms. Like, and you figure it's not going to be right all the time, but it's going to get damn close, dude. You're going to remove the human element of the of the guesses, and you're just going to pull all the data together and go, ah, it's more than likely this. And it's going to be able to compute factors that a person just won't be able to. And you're going to have the the like the, the reciprocating factor of that of like, there's going to be something that a person can see that maybe an algorithm can't. But you figure it's gonna work eight nine times out of ten. Doubt. Yeah, and then and then I think in those cases the, the 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 human is the secondary layer. Correct. And then how many does does that become a way to save on healthcare expense and open up the doctors to offer help for people? You know, there's certain places in this country where you're on waiting lists forever. Right. So is that the answer? Is and I was thinking of like Amazon. I'm like, why would Amazon want anything to want to sell me? allergy meds or and i'm and i'm looking at all the amazon basic stuff and it's flooded with like medical stuff and i'm like it can't just be that they want to sell generic drugs like knowing amazon there's a long-term play here and i go it has to be the data it has to be the data like who's buying those allergy meds who's buying heart you know blood pressure meds who's buying like this and then they're gonna eventually find a way to tie that to your other purchasing patterns like there's gonna be it's inevitable man <laughs> like mark my words in the next decade bro we're, it's good. <laughs> sounds going to be yeah, the it's going to get really uh, interesting, man. The, the, especially the way technology is going. You know, we've even said like our kids and 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 their generation and how they've grown up with, um, you know, everything's at their fingertips, right? Like there is no there's no waiting for anything. It's like you want something's at your door the next day. You want an answer. You know, the, there's no going to the library looking at encyclopedias or whatever. Dude, when I when I was a kid, I either had to go to to the library, or I call somebody that had encyclopedias. Encyclopedias, yeah. And then because we didn't have one in the house because this shit was expensive. This is expensive. You remember yeah. the door-to-door encyclopedia salesman, bro? Yeah. We're like, no, we can't afford yeah, them. Yeah, we can't afford <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have the bees? <laughs> <laughs> but our kids don't know what that's like. And, and you know, hey, God bless them, right? Good good for them. Technology advances. and um, But it's just it's going to be really fascinating to see over the next 10, 15 years you know, where all this stuff goes. You know, earlier you mentioned um, Pfizer as, you know, one of the, like, the, the big, the top companies. They're, they're coming out with the uh, COVID vaccine for, I think it's 5 to 11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get, uh, did and they get it? Close. They got approved or is it close to get I think approved, they're right? close. Yeah, I don't think that they've done it yet, but it's only a matter of time. Dude, they're, I'm telling you, man, they're going to run the world with, I just can't, like... I just can't imagine a world where they don't like get into that. It's too if you think about the the one of the biggest I don't say problem but problem I guess of our generation of the world and probably most lucrative, man, healthcare is never going away. And yeah. Amazon's and Amazon's in the business of evolving. You see it with them, right? Like, you know, Sears died and eventually Amazon will die probably, right? But it's certainly it keeps evolving, right? It went from the books to then like, you know, where it's at now to like home security stuff to like, they're constantly changing to content, you know, uh, uh, selling to buying, uh, producing its own TV shows. Like there, you know, there will be another big player eventually, but they're certainly diversifying enough where they're going to make their run longer or at least more impactful while they're here. And I just feel like this is the natural next step. Did you see the robot that they're making for your house? Amazon? Yeah. No. It's a little robot, bro. Think of like the little Echo with the screen, but it has wheels and shit, and it just moves around your house, and you can direct it to go to certain rooms, so like check on them if you're not home, and it'll basically like, oh, yep, let me go here, and it'll give you like, uh, you know, you can see the thing on your phone, Um, you can call it over to ask this shit and all that, and I'm like, how intrusive is this little motherfucker? (laughs) And I was like, I want it. (laughs) Let me tell you. I'm going to shoot it as soon as it comes into my room 
at like two in the morning. Bro, I already had myself on the waiting list for this. Uh, the ring ring has the drone that it's releasing for your house. Oh, the, the alarm, the, the, the one, alarm right? one. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. My, I've been dying for that shit. Then I saw this little robot. I go, oh, he's gonna look nice with the little drone. <laughs> 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 my like, Amazon's gonna know everything about me, bro. <laughs> They're Dude. gonna just start sending me shaving cream. <laughs> 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 It'd be like, do you, is it, like now you know they ask you. Yeah. Now they'll just send it. They're be like, they're like no, it. no, we saw it ran yeah. out. <laughs> we seen your legs this morning. <laughs> you must be out. <laughs> we heard you cough. They're just gonna send you Dayquil. <laughs> Dude, that shit's gonna be. Crazy. You have and you have the 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 vacuum. Right, the robot vacuum. Yeah, the the the, the I have the Roomba's uh, the i seven i nine. That's the one that like sucks the shit out. Yeah, it empties itself. Right, out empties the, itself yeah, out, yeah. and you can control it with the Alexa. But then they automatically send you stuff, right? Yeah, they send me the bags. Shit just shows up at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's dope. I didn't realize it. So not only do they send you the bags, they send you all the accessories inside that you got to replace, like brushes and all these other ancillary filters. I didn't even know I had all these other filters. And so just based on time, I'm assuming, or yeah. usage. It is usage. They know every time that it's out. So they go based on usage. Because um, I don't think it's sensors in it that tell it when it's full. I think they just know X amount of times out, it's yeah. going to suck up this much. And then it maps your house. So it knows exactly how much space it covered that day. So if I only send it to cover one room, I think it knows the square footage or whatever. Yeah. And it does it. And then, it, dude, this shit's creepy. It's mapped my house to where I can tell it, go vacuum in front of that couch, like a specific couch. And you tell Alexa to tell it to go do it, and it fucking goes in front of that couch, dude, and vacuums it. Like, it picks up a spill for you, and then just goes back to the base and empties itself out. And then a week later, a bag shows up. This <laughs> <laughs> shit is crazy, bro. <laughs> dude, that's a, that's a long time away from... Uh, uh, from when uh, humans stepped on the glacier, Dude, yeah, man, and uh, and that's that's in question now, man. Yeah, do you see that shit? Ooh, yeah, dude. Like the the uh, I guess if you guys um didn't see the news this week was that like uh they discovered in in a lake I, I guess in the bed of a lake in New Mexico, New Mexico, yep. Uh, human footprints like mostly teenagers and children's, but believed to be between twenty one and twenty three thousand years old. Which is way before, I guess, the original uh, thought was, with, and and uh, that humans were in the Americas. So I mean, correct that as like humans in the Americas, and that's north, south, central. And it's like what, like a, like a five thousand year a difference. Five thousand year difference. And there's other scientists that have had theories that they think humans were here a hundred plus thousand years ago. They just never had the evidence. But I, I guess like they've had like circumstantial stuff. Yep. This is the first like physical evidence. It's almost irrefutable. Other than if you, I guess you were questioning the aging method of what they used to age the footprints. But um, so, yeah, so they're thinking 23,000, which uh, uh, I guess what it changes is the idea that humans got here. They're thinking after the glaciers melted. Um, but if this is correct, then they couldn't have made it because the glaciers would have been in the way. And so it changes how. I guess the theories of how humans came to be in the Americas at that point in time, 22,000 gotcha. years ago. So it's like a big deal. It doesn't get a lot of play, but it's just a big deal in the terms of the, the, what we understand about humanity, because obviously there's, um, you yeah, know, it changes we, history books. Absolutely. Shit, right? Because so. we all, you know, we all came from Africa, right. Or at least originally, or, so there, think. or so we think, but then this goes, okay, well then shit, how did we get here if it wasn't through the straight, and maybe there were people who did it that way, but it goes, well, clearly people made it here a different way, uh, whether it was by ships or by land or however they did it. And now it puts into question what we thought. And also- But you figure back then, like there's, there's no ships. No, so we, so we think. So we right? think, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what the thing is. And now this opens everything. Foot, like, right. And their, and their footprints, like they're- they're 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 bare footprints, right? So I mean, sorry, sorry. They're, they're like bare feet. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not sneakers. They're not, yeah, nobody's yeah, wearing no jays. <laughs> and that's the thing I thought about when I saw it, and I go like, oh man, like Ice Age, people walking around in in bare feet. Like, aren't you freezing? But I wonder if if the human body was just different back then. You know what I mean? And then, and then over time, as the as the Earth got warmer, then the human body evolves. Yeah, absolutely. You you figure like. Uh, we were probably built to withstand more of the elements because we didn't have the shelter we have now. And then, right. like you said, the earth was a harsher environment. So you would think every if we're going to survive, it would we would have to be. Maybe there's layers of fat that we don't have now. And I mean, if you look at Neanderthals or... They're always really burly, kind of thick. Yeah, I mean, you don't see any bony Neanderthals in the pictures. Right? A little extra thick. <laughs> they're extra thick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, but that <laughs> he was. Funny. We saw. We were talking about that story, and then I saw the shit about the. Uh, did you see the Bronx Zoo thing with the gorillas? Uh-uh. You know, like speaking of ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, those these uh these gorillas in the gorilla exhibit in the Bronx Zoo. One of them uh, grabs the gorilla, slams it down, starts giving it oro in front of the whole crowd and the kids. And there's somebody that's on video. You got to look it up. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. They're going to town, bro. Yo. <laughs> and I don't know if it's so a blowjob or some cunning lingus, but the, the one that's getting it is definitely face fucking the other one back. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, bro. There's a hip thrust and everything, bro. Look up the video. I'm afraid. It's a short. Is that a I work was, laptop? I was really. <laughs> nah, it's on the New York Post. You good. I was really intrigued. Look but, it up. But now it's I'm going like, li- I'm not sure I want to see it. I'm going to look it up for you. <laughs> that shit is hilarious, dude. I'm like, and there's people like mortified and they start taking their kids away. <laughs> oh, my God. While they have bro. their phones rolling. Oh, so good, bro. Oh my God! Yeah, while they have their phones rolling, uh, here I got it. I'm so immature, bro. Bro, it's just the it, that shit threw it down like a savage, bro. It was so funny, man. So was it like uh like like uh a male gorilla throwing down another male gorilla, or was it a female? It, you gorilla? can't tell, evidently. I know, because, but did they say in the in the article? Oh no, they didn't mention it. But you can't the the and they say the reason that I guess they didn't bring it up. Oh fuck, that's a still shot. And folks, Juan got a new phone. It's a Samsung. That shit look like a computer. <laughs> I it it looked look like a 27-inch monitor. The Galaxy Z Fold. Shout out Samsung. This shit is lit. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the video. Bro, this shit is too good. Oh, man. I wonder if we're going to have to cut this out. There. Let me turn the volume down so that way we don't have to cut it off YouTube. <laughs> Damn, 30-second long commercial. Can I hit skip? What's good? Uh, it's not going to let me skip. All right. It, that's going to go away, and then the video is going to start. And, uh, bro, they right, go. I'm going to give you a play-by-play. Oh, wait. Do we bring in the um, the pineapple juice? Nope, nope. All right. No. Have to just, it's going to have to be all rum right now. Yo, yeah. Give them play-by-play because it's too great. <laughs> we got three, two, one. Here it goes. Okay. Gorilla is approaching the glass. Oh, oh, okay. No, no. There's two gorillas. Whoa. Okay. So- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> all right it's so impressive, no, bro. it is not i thought it, the way you described it i thought it was like uh like almost like two gorillas like almost like fighting mm. but it's not it's very it's it's very consensual no yeah yeah no no they want it the, yeah 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 like like the one kind of kind of pushes the other one over gently look at the hip thrust bro and then uh from the one laying down face <laughs> <laughs> fucking the other one bro <laughs> man listen <laughs> Typically, don't don't like uh, primates pick shit out of their hair and eat it. Yeah, right. Maybe he was cleaning something down. Well, there. <laughs> <laughs> let me get those crabs for you. <laughs> well, evidently, gorillas uh, do oral for pleasure, like humans do. Yeah. So yeah. So they're like, nah, it's definitely a thing. Like they just not discreetly. Yeah, yeah. They just that shit in front of people, bro. But I wonder if they're like cognizant of what's going on and they're telling the other one like yo do it now do it now yeah. <laughs> they're all here let's give these monkeys a show <laughs> Bro. Hey, watch this bob watch <laughs> but i guess watch all the humans scatter i guess gorillas have little pee so you can't tell if it's a, a male or a female like you can't tell if it's a clitoris yeah, the, or a, on, in the picture it looks really small it does, and there, but that's the problem is I'm like, oh, maybe it's a clearance, but it's like, nah, I guess gorilla penises are like an inch and a half. So, oh, wow. yeah, I'm like, damn, man, you got all that size and anything, and you got screwed like that, bro? What <laughs> <laughs> a bitch, you You're land like- manatee. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's why they evolved into us. <laughs> yeah. It's evolution, bitches. Evolution. <laughs> They gave them superhuman strength, and then the, and then the female gotta be like, "Best shit your little ass down." <laughs> <laughs> Let me get one of your scrawny like, humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of an argument, but you, what you gonna do, pinky dick? <laughs> 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 Speak, 
speaking of, man, I heard on, on uh, <laughs> thinking of Pinky Dicks. Speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is week, gonna be good. <laughs> this week on um on uh, the Breakfast Club, mm. they interview somebody. I, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the name wrong, so I won't even say it. But it was a woman, and she mentioned the term finger dick. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm talking about? And then um, Charlemagne, the guy, was like, what is that? And she goes, put your finger out. And she's like, that, like that size. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know some motherfuckers with some big ass fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what happened? You got some shack fingers or something like that, bro. Have you got some sausage phalanges? Then it don't. Yeah, that's not that's not necessarily telling. <laughs> I'm a little offended. <laughs> hey man, I always go back to what you always say. Come get some of this mediocre. Come get some of this mediocre dick. <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck. Yo, you know who's not giving dick no more, bro? <laughs> or he will be just not the women. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's oh. uh, my, my boy R. Kelly. Yeah, bro. nah, nah, nah. It's Robert, bro. Robert committed those crimes. R. Kelly's an R&B icon. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly don't don't do no harm, bro. That was Robert. <laughs> so he did. Um, he like oh sex God, trafficking, bro. right? Yeah, essentially. essentially, dude. His conviction was racketeering and sex trafficking. Uh, so that shit is like, that's a, I mean, that's I mean, that's like some mob shit, but with underage pussy. Like that's basically what he's pulling off. He's trafficking underage girls. So he was. I I guess in a sense because he's moving them from like state to state with him. And then forcing them to do like uh, uh, lewd acts and some of it oh, recorded. Wow. And, and then I guess it's the way he was intimidating some of them or right. or like uh, incentivizing, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that shit, that whole shit. I was like, yo, that's fucking wild, bro. And then I'm like, yo, you still, you still, you still, uh, if Bump and Grind come on, you changing the station, bro? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that was a jam. Nah, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, Robert didn't do that. I mean, like, R. Kelly didn't do that. I was Robert. Robert committed that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that just you know, shit, man. Do we like? Do we all got issues in in in, in some in some respect? <laughs> I, right? I just I just said underage. <laughs> There's definitely some. <laughs> but we all got shit wrong with us, right? And it's just like when you get somebody like that that clearly has has a has a mental illness, if you yeah. will, right? Um, but you give him power and fame and money and the guy's able to carry out you know this this sickness yeah and if you hear him talk bro he's not the smartest guy right so he almost has this I've like ever old heard mentality interview with r kelly other than maybe like a, a minute or two. Oh, you don't want to it's painful bro yeah he's not the yeah he's not i'm gonna use a charlemagne term he's not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary <laughs> for damn sure um yeah, man. When you hear him talk, you almost feel bad of how stupid he sounds and how ignorant he sounds. Um, but clearly, obviously, talented guy, charismatic guy. Right. Um, and like you said, man, has this whatever you want to call it, disease, sickness or wants to be a predator, whatever it is. But his fame and his talent got him the access to be able to do that and got him the resources and to pull that off. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. You know what's fucked up, bro? Uh, you know, and and not that long ago, you know, let let, let let's just go. I'll say, two hundred years ago, that shit was normal. Yeah, you know, Dude. getting 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 girls that are that are you know uh, what we would deem today as underage. Um, I would to, argue to not even two hundred. It's years not. Ago, bro. It's not two hundred. It years, might bro. be less I'm than a hundred, man. I'm just going. No, I don't think it's less than a hundred. Um, he's talking about, remember, we're, we're in, so you're talking about 1920. Yeah, I keep forgetting that we're not in like the 1900s anymore. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was not go 100, but it's it's less than 200 years. Yeah, you figure early 1900s and late 1800s. Yep. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, bro, we should have saw this coming, bro. This guy had a banger called 
I believe I can fly. <laughs> Who wants to fly more than children? <laughs> like, we had a whole movie. Peter Pan was was fucking. Dude, you know why kidnapping he, kids based on the fact that he could fly. <laughs> you know what threw us off? It was Space Jam. It was bro. So we just tied it up to Michael Jordan. Yeah, and then really this whole time he was trying to convince kids that like he was trying to seduce them by telling them he could fly. <laughs> Dude, so like, what? Did, what did he get sentenced to? I, so that hasn't happened yet, but I think the he's facing anywhere from ten years to life. Dude, he's never getting out because I think there's so many cases, and I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. Like this is just this part of it. I think there's also the the actual rape charges and the underage, uh, um, what's it called? But there's something with the underage sex because some of this is just for girls who were of age. Some of it is trafficking underage girls. The racketeering charges, obviously, but then they're not stopping, dude. They're gonna. This is like the shit that they got him on now, yeah. and he still faces, I think, trial for more shit, or more shit's gonna pop up, bro. Because there's, there's some people just coming out of. There's a whole fucking documentary about R. Kelly. I think it's on Netflix or something. Or yeah, I want to say I, I, I think like BET had one. Yeah, yeah, one of them had the with like like the women coming forward. Jeez, man. So you're like this dude's never seen the light of day again. Or he'll pull a Cosby. He'll be like 80 and he'll be out because he's in his 50s already. I think, man. Dude, he's gotta be in his 50s. Yeah. Right? Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely because he's been he's been he's throwing out bangers in like the nineties, early nineties. So you figure early nineties. Yeah, dude, I'm 47. He's in his fifties. Yeah, b- bump and grind older than I believe I can fly. Yeah, right. I mean, it's around. It's, it's all around what's, that what's the time, other one? Man. He had another one, bro. He had a lot of them. Yo, not for nothing, though. I'm telling you right now, bro. The remix to ignition comes on. We don't. We we can't. We bought it, bro. That shit is lit. <laughs> 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 no, he did, man. I mean, he, the guy has, the guy has some good music, but fuck, hey, that's man. why that goes to show you, man. Like, just because they on TV, don't mean they good people. Yo, going back to your point before, though, like where you were saying, like we're all like kind of like a little weird, right? Or we all have our like like we all got our intricate shit. like kind of like things that make us us, right? Um. I always see these people like an R. Kelly and it's like the shit that makes him weird. Would he be as talented without that? So it's like, is this the price you pay for being talented? Like, yeah. or being a, a, I guess a transcendent talent or a, or a savant, if you will. Or like, you know, like you think of a Kanye yeah, or like a, like, like a quote unquote genius genius, right? Like yeah, you think of Kanye, he's a fucking nut, but then you go without the nut. I, I, and I forgot where I was hearing this, but they were saying that he knows he's crazy. And he's medicated, Kanye. Kanye. Okay. And he's medicated most of the time. But when he has to be creative, he can't do it on meds, which is why he secludes himself in like Montana because he goes, I got to get away from my family because I'm about to be off my rocker and I don't want to say shit to them or be around them doing stupid, crazy oh, shit. Wow. And they're like, he's fully aware that he's not all there, but his his genius relies on the crazy right like the the i know that's not the fucking no no that, that's probably the that's politically the, correct term but right. I, I go you know we, we I, we've had this conversation before it's like anybody who's ever been great at anything is a little off it's a little nutty you have to be any any art form dude you think about it, it, art form dude or i would argue if you're a pro athlete and you're at the top of the top you're you're narcissistic which is a form of the fucking mental illness right like you have to be to, to to be president of the United States. You have to be an uber narcissist. Like, there's so much shit that you have to be. Do you think to Obama show. was? Absolutely, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> Obama will tell you he was, dude. I read his documentary. There's so much about him, and and this is coming from him, right? So he he wrote his own memoir, and he's in there talking about how he's presenting the idea of say like running to Michelle, his wife, and. And it's like it's not a fucking good idea. It's like these people are sacrificing their whole life. Right. And he she, still wants she to do was it. Not against it. She was like, oh, nah, sorry, bro. I mean, she was against it. Yeah, yeah. She was against it. She's like, nah, bro. Like, you like, no. And then it was like, he would go like, Well, what if this happens? And because there were long shots, she would kind of just be like, All right. And then he would like get there. Like he would pull it off. And then she was just like, Well, fuck, I kind of said that. But like he knows. He's like very like open that like she wanted nothing to do with any of this. He didn't stop. Like, at the expense of he was one of the, you know, his wife, his kids, whatever. Like, you have to be, I think, narcissistic to get there. He might be the example of maybe the least extreme of it. 
because his happened so quickly. Like he shot to fame literally overnight just from that one speech at the at the at the convention. And if you've never read the memoir, it's it, I have it at home. I have not. read No matter what side it's, of the aisle you're on, and I know I'm people are automatically going to barf in their mouth or whatever because it's 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 a Democrat or whatever it is. But um, the whole story, dude, about him and his, I forget that at the time you were like, oh shit, who's this guy? Like that speech propelled him to this level of fame that he might be the like the catalyst of this era of this like celebrity president, if you will, even though he was like a lifetime politician, but his, he became so popular from this one speech on TV that it was literally like overnight. He became like, from he went from like a local guy to like, yo, you're, you could go run for Senator. And it was like, okay. And then he won. Yeah. And then the memoir, he kind of goes through how like, <clears throat> like how it was so unlikely that he would get there in the amount of time that he got there. Like right. it was just, but anyway, yeah, I think you have to be. The- you know what? So, so like, do you call him a narcissist because he sort of went for this dream job? Right. So when you, when you go into politics, um, I don't want to say everybody wants to be president, but if you aspire to be at the top of your game, right? Or if you aspire to be at the at, 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 a, at a top level, if you have the opportunity to go that route and become the president, don't you take it? And then if and then if you if you don't, don't you regret that? Absolutely. <clears throat> I also think though that like there's a there's a side of you that's gonna wrestle with by doing this. I potentially, I don't want to say ruin, but I changed the lives for better or worse of people around me that I care about. And I don't care about doing that because I want this so bad, right? Like you think being president of the United States means your wife never goes out again on a date with her friends to go have a brunch, right? Like it means she never, and you don't either, right? You don't either, but you get to reap the benefits of it. I would say. Your wife does get some, right? Like she's probably going to have book deals and is never going to go hungry, right? Irrespective of what happens to you, but it's your dream, right? So in a sense, like, like right. you can, so you take, you can you take everybody the, along with you. You take everybody along with you. So they get to reap the rewards of it, but they also get to reap the downsides of, hey, man, you ain't seen a movie ever again on, you know, out with your friends. You're not going to go to brunch. You ain't going to soul cycle. You're not going to go take a jog. Yeah, I didn't true. realize this. It's <laughs> illegal for presidents to drive in this country. On a public road. So that's why you ever see videos of like a president driving. It's always on a private access road or it's on the grounds of the White House. They're not allowed to be on actual roads. It's actually like against the law. Is that only during the term or is that afterwards as well? I think it's forever. So he can't go and drive anymore. So like you think about that stuff and you go, yeah, it's cool. I'm making that sacrifice for me. But then you part of you goes, shit, that's happening to the rest of my family. And I guess you justify it by going, yeah, fuck y'all. I want this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's narcissistic. You're narcissistic. <laughs> and, but I guess the and a, a way a narcissist, and, and listen, I have a little narcissist in me, I think sometimes it's like the way I would justify it is you also get to reap the upsides of that. Like you're never going to have to work True. again, even if you're no longer my wife. The the book that you're going to get for not being my wife is going to set you up for life. The book you're going to get for being the first lady for four years is going to set you up for the rest of your life, potentially generationally. Because your generations are going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, former first ladies, grandchild, you know, whatever. You're going to be able to go on, you do interviews and ask for speaking fees and whatever forever based on that one thing that you don't even have to do anything for other than sacrifice your <laughs> your freedom, I guess, is how a narcissist would, would do it. It's like, hey, what do you have to do? You get to be at home and doing nothing now and being the most powerful, you know, second most powerful person in the world behind the president or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You know, t- today... Um I was uh, with with my son and um, just speaking of just like, you know, famous people and stuff, man. Um, we were listening to In the End by Linkin Park. Oh, yeah. And um, Great what, is, what is the uh, the lead singer's name? Uh, Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington. So yep. he committed suicide several years ago. Um, and so when I was playing this song, actually just to get to get my son hyped on something, it was a test he was taking, right? He was really nervous nice. about it, whatever. And he started asking me questions, and I and I pointed out like, I'm like, see this guy right here in the video, like, he was rich and famous and celebrity and successful and everything that we all somewhat aspire to be or aspire to be, and he killed himself. And it's just like, man, just going back to like, if you're not right in the head, 
Like, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, bro. It really doesn't. Like, and and it just shows, like, you know what's funny, man? That was one of the first, um, I, I mean, obviously, not, not to say that I didn't acknowledge that, that depression or whatever was a mental illness, but I think that's the one that really, like, hit me, and I went, oh, oh, shit, like, because I, for the same reasons of everything you just named, and I remember at that time, like, they had just released an album. Yeah. It's kind of a, the album was sort of like the hey they're back. It was so different from their usual stuff, you know. Like, um, I actually had a, a a lyric from their song tattooed on me from that album, like a week before he killed himself. Oh, really? And um, the lyric was uh uh uh, and it was from the song from that album. The and it just stuck with me. The the lyric was like uh I want to let go, but there's comfort in the panic. So I just had a tattoo that says comfort in the panic, and. And I couldn't help but like when he when he killed himself, I was like, holy shit, man, like to like to everything you just said, like this guy had everything, everything, you know, and then you go and even in the music and I know some of the songs he didn't write and, and especially on the new album, but it he certainly had to approve and it had to resonate with him and he had to perform it. And for you to get that feeling out of something, I, I think when I go back now and listen to songs, I'm like, fuck, man, he was always telling you this. Right. And it was like, and even him himself, his interviews, he'll be like, it doesn't make sense. I know. I just, I don't want to be sad. I just am like, and I just don't, you know, and he suffered from like the imposter syndrome thing. And he suffered from like not feeling like he was good enough or worthy enough to have what he had. And just like, and you just go, how do you, how do you make someone not think that? And if anyone had all the examples from an outward perspective, like everyone's showing you that you deserve this. And yet right. there's nothing like you, I would you argue you have an abundance it. of evidence right. and you can't get out of it. Like it just, I think that's the one that like never left me. And I went, I, you know that. And then you look at someone like a um, Robin Williams and I know there was like uh there's also uh, uh, uh I guess things coming out now. They're saying that Robin Williams may have had a form of dementia that led to his suicide, oh, wow. but it was no secret either that Robin Williams was also like a manic depressive and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, there's like a I forget what they call it. It's a it's a unique form of dementia that uh, the way it manifests itself leads to like suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. But and so there's all this evidence coming out now, and and I guess based on conversations like if kids has had and all that that he was like er, er, like undiagnosed or in the middle of getting diagnosed or something like that, and, and uh, at the time of his death. But you look at someone like him who throughout the years, man, there's so many Robin Williams interviews where he just goes. Where they're like, where does the funny come from? And he's just like, I think because I'm just so sad that I want to make people around me happy. And you're just like, you're Robin Williams. Yeah, it's just like, <clears throat> it's yeah, not too much. And the reason why that came up um, with my son was he was about to take an exam, and he was like uber stressed about it, right? And he's in he's in seventh grade, and it's like a seventh grade like math test, <laughs> right? And you go like, yo, look, who cares? You're gonna survive this, man. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be fine, but. Try to let, let him know that, yo, like no matter what, you're always enough. Whether you fail the test, whether you pass with flying colors, I'm like, you're still you. Like you're always enough. And so while I want you to strive for greatness, just know that when that if you fail, like you're still awesome. Like it doesn't matter. None of that shit matters in the end. I think at the end, the end you want to be able to to. To, to to sort of lay on your deathbed and go, yo, that was a dope ride. Yeah, dude. You know, and I, and I and I brought up to him the fact that you know I'm like, man, you know your your grandfather died a couple of years ago, and he did all of these things. You know, he was a war you know war veteran, musician, uh, business owner, you know, boss. You know, like all these things. And and I go, I hope for him that like when when he knew that the end was near, that he was able to look back at his life and go, that was a dope ride, you know? And, and that's what I was trying to tell my son today. I'm just like, man, you're stressing out about this. And I know as your dad that this shit doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But like, and then, and then I brought up, and then so I was getting him hyped up with the, with the song, with the in the end. But as I'm listening to the lyrics, and then that's why I was telling him about, about the story about how this guy committed suicide. And I'm like, and then it hit me with like, holy shit, man. Like this in the end song was one of like the early tracks. 
And I go, he's already telling the story then yeah. of just like, yo, I'm doing all this shit. I, I what, what is it? What are the lyrics are like? Um, I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Like none of this shit matters. Push man. as far as I could go. Yeah, he's, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Like, he's already telling that story, man. And and I started explaining to my son, like, yo, listen, like this guy was uber successful, and that's what he did. And he tried so hard and he got so far. And I'm like, and in the end, the guy freaking killed himself. He so, couldn't get away from those demons, man, or, or like none of this stuff mattered. I think when you're talking to your son, it's like shit isn't the end of the world. Like this stuff is, um, yeah, I, I, I'm having that issue now too. Uh, my daughter's a similar age to, to your son. And like, um, there's things that come up now that you forget what it was like, uh, as a kid that age. And some of it, you can't help but laugh. Right. Because you're like, Oh, kiddo, <laughs> you, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> but then the other, you know, you have to take a step back and go like, I, this is your world right now. Right. Like, and I, and I have to remind her all the time, like there's going to be some things that are going to feel like it's the end and they don't matter. Like, yeah. like you're going to, I go, you know, like a, a 35 year old me now uh, looks back at shit that was, you know, maybe 12, 13 year old me thought was like detrimental. And I'm like, couldn't even tell you what those things are or yeah. I, they're so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. It's just like, and ultimately you said they don't even matter because if you're not happy with you or That's you're not, it, you're not right, right up here, you're just man. not right up there, man. If you're just not happy with yourself and I, I try to tell him cause he's, he's one of those guys that he, he worries a little bit, right? Probably a little more than he should. More than he should. And, and, and I'm always telling them like, man, like so I'm, I'm constantly telling them like, dude, like no matter what you're enough, like remember that. That no matter how big your failure is or how great your success is, like you're still you're still you're still you. You're still you. No matter what. And I'm like, so everything's gonna be fine. Like try your hardest, do your best, you know, try to try to reach heights, but if you fall down flat on your face, like that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. But like uh you know it's funny, man. You and I have these conversations all the time. It's like uh you think about the risks you don't take because you're worried about perception or or your own ego. Like yeah. uh, you don't, you're worried about the blow you're gonna take to yourself. Like I was thinking about this the other day. You know how we, we um, we we always blame this generation of the social media for uh, living like you don't live every day, right? Everyone only shows the good stuff. Everyone only shows the the vacation photos. They don't show the photos at home. You know, carrying the three kids and trying to make dinner and doing this stuff, or right. you know, depressed when you get out of work, whatever, right? Like nobody shows you that part. We fake it, and then people blame social media on that. And I start mm -hmm. thinking about like we've been doing that shit since the beginning of time. Forever, bro. Dude, Think about this, man. I don't know either your mom or your wife or you have an aunt. Somebody does this. Company's coming over and you go, clean the house. I don't want them to think that pigs live here. And you go, but pigs, this is what it is 95% of the time. Like, why are you trying to act like we're not like this? Like, you go through this whole motion of a stress to clean out your house. And it may be someone stopping by to drop something off who isn't going to go into every room in your house. And they're probably not even going to notice what's going on for the two seconds. And and granted, some of them could be long visits, but some of them could just be a drop off. And you go, because you're worried about the perception that that person's going to have of you after that visit. And maybe they catch on and maybe they don't. But I'm like, social media didn't do that. It just gave us another place where we had to upkeep this persona, persona. that we've been putting up for people. Like, I, I was like, nah, we've always been like this. Humans have always been like this because we worry uh, too much um, about what other people think, man. Like, uh, I don't know how you reverse that human. I don't know if it's age yeah. or. Yeah, what. I don't know. I, I think at some point you do get to a point where you sort of give less of a fuck about, about what other people think. But it's like, man. I think a lot of that shit is really in your head too, right? Because most people that come to your house don't give a shit. No. Like they're not coming in. And I'll tell you this, unless they're having to like swing from a vine to get from one place to your house to get to the other. Don't give a fuck. No one cares. Bro, and I think most people. We got our own problems. We got our own. Yo, and uh, dude, how refreshing would it be if you walked into someone's house, right? And there's, you have kids, there's toys all over the floor, or whatever, right? And even if they have to swing a vine and get to your bathroom, and you're just like, sorry, man, I got three kids, and if I clean this shit up in five minutes, it's going to be like that again. And like, I work and do all this shit. Like, and people would be like, 
Me too. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but instead, we're trying to pretend. Put it on Facebook. Yeah, put it on Facebook. Like we try to pretend like we keep it all together. I always see people post the pictures of like them baking a cake with their kid. I'm like, nah, bro. I want the picture of the fucking yelling you had to do to hey, come back here, stir this thing. I'm trying to get a photo. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, nah, I want that. Give me that video. Like, because I think if one person, I you know it's funny, man. I also feel like that's why this generation is, uh, I would argue, better at us than if you think about the people who make it big on YouTube or TikTok uh, or Vine when it was a thing. It's the authenticity. It's yeah. the people that show you that document it all. Like, right, like a Logan and a Jake Paul, for example, like they were documenting their life before. That's what blew them up. And it was just random, stupid shit that they would do, right? But some of it was raw and it was real and it was like, you know, they feel shit like everybody else and they do shit and they're not perfect. And 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 it's hilarious. Like, I look at people now where they'll be like, oh, yeah, these kids in social media are pretending. I'm like, nah, man, some of these kids actually have it better than we did because we've been pretending since the beginning of time uh, uh, that we were people that we weren't, you know? And, and if anything, the accessibility now, I think it, one person shows like the nod, I go through this, or or it, like we're going back to the mental health thing, like we were talking, how common is it now for people to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking off because of my mental health or I'm suffering from this and that. We would never have that conversation, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, certainly not our generation. Like it, it's... Uh, it's just interesting, man, to see like it, it's like I don't humans aren't changing per se with like social media and everything else. It's just the outlets just are different and the visibility to it is different. And, you know, like I just I for whatever reason, this, a lot of the shit just brought me back to that this week where I was just like, fuck, man, we've been faking everything since even before. You know, like, uh, yep, all it, ha time. it happens all the time. You see the Simone Biles came out actually and said that um, she wished she would have stopped sooner. Remember, you know, with the with the guy that got I don't remember his name, oh, the guy that got accused of all this shit. Nasser, uh, not Larry, uh, whoever that, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever that, that dude. We don't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to give him. Yeah, 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 fuck him. <laughs> I'm gonna um, leak that out. <laughs> but she was saying that um, one of the reasons that she didn't stop was because she was like, you know what, I'm not gonna let this dude mess up what I've been working on since I was a kid. But she goes like, mentally, it took such a toll that she probably should have stopped. Yeah, I believe that. I think you're forcing yourself to just get there. To push it. To push it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, man. For sure, dude. But before we get out of here, I wanted to bring this shit up, man. Uh, did you see this um, this funeral home ad? that they? Did? I, I got to get the name of the city here. Uh, but it was, fuck, what city was it? Charlotte. So this. North Carolina. <laughs> bro, there was an ad on a truck that was driving by. And the, the truck said really big don't get vaccinated and then it was the name of the funeral home and the website get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> how great is that but so i'm looking at that shit i'm like first of all kudos to this funeral home right <laughs> but if you go to the website what it is is it actually takes you to uh to a clinic to get vaccinated like so that you can oh so thing. it's like the reverse so psychology, it's the reverse right? psychology. Uh, and then i started I, thinking I, 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 oh, it's fucking cool, brilliant bro fucking genius, you, you play bro. on the morbidity of something like that of death and you put it on a on a funeral and it's like a legit it looks like a legit funeral home thing and all that and when you go to it it's actually redirects you to the site of this and i guess uh this marketing uh company uh, i don't know if it's the city of charlotte that hired them but basically, like, hey, come up with something to try to drive traffic to. And, and I guess the people in the ad agency were like, yo, how do we, you know, people have been like, oh, it's important to get vaccinated. Like, how do we stand out from that? How do we play with that? And they said that they knew this was risky because people were going to be like, oh, it's a little morbid. And then they were glad that it got approved. And then they had the partner because they go, we have to make it mean something. And then what clinic would touch them? And so this clinic happened to be like, yeah, fuck it. Cool. And it directed them to their site so you can book an appointment to oh, actually get wow, vaccinated. Bro. And it made me think, dude. And it was saying, and I forget what the percentage was of the uptick in vaccination rates, but it's worked. And it made me think about the, the remember the drug commercials or the smoking commercials where you have the people with the hole in their fucking throat and yep. they're like, ah, it's my turn. <laughs> and then you go, it fucking works, bro. When you see shit like that, right? And you start to go, wait a minute, I don't want a hole in my throat. <laughs> like, like, there's a reason they do those commercials. Yeah, remember that true. this is your brain. This is this your brain, is your brain drug. on drugs. Yep. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is like a new iteration of that for COVID, basically. like That's freaking nuts, man. And I'll tell you what. Listen, I, I'm not, you know, if... If if you don't want to get vaccinated, like do you boo boo like uh, whatever, right? Like I don't <laughs> I don't really care either way. Um, but I will tell you that 
you know, if in case anybody thinks that shit's a conspiracy, like the deaths are real. So my father died three weeks ago. We still haven't had a service. I had two close friends of mine whose father passed recently um, and they've all waited three to four weeks to have a service because the funeral homes are inundated. Dude, and think about drive through your local town and think about how many funeral homes you pass by on the way to work or the way to grocery store or someplace in the way. Like, it's not like there's a shortage of funeral homes. No. There's a lot of them. It just goes to show this, the, the, the amount of deaths. And like you said, it's just, it's unprecedented. Like the, the, I, I forget what the number was um, recently, but it was like, more people have already died in this than died in the entire like Afghanistan war and the entire like um there was, wonder, like, like a couple wars it was like a few put together where they were yep. like it's a few uh, worldwide anyway it's a few hundred thousand people worldwide right are we a half a million I believe we're up so. there right like yeah, we're way up there like so, so yeah man it, like you said it's uh you do you uh, do whatever you can to protect yourself but definitely do something to protect yourself hey, this shit is no joke man. yeah man alright bro hey, man. Man. Yeah. tell them where they can find us on that man thank you guys uh, if you are not following us yet at the Carbon Footprint Podcast on IG on Facebook Carbon Footprint Podcast on TikTok um, and the Carbon Footprint Podcast on YouTube make sure you follow us on there we are dropping the whole episode on there every week as well um, and you can comment on there and like and, and give us feedback and uh, at uh, I think the Gmail is Carbon Footprint Podcast at gmail.com. Um, hit us on there too. Or go through our IG page and there's a link in the bio that gives you all of our pages. So so hit that up, man. Uh, thank you guys for the support. And uh, yeah, yeah, let us know. Yeah, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace.